1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In
3: response to attacks against Asian-Americans...
4: Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina. Thank you for listening. We have a great show this week. Kevin Clark from The Ringer joined me to talk about a variety of NFL topics. We get into everything from the Colts hiring Jeff Saturday to Thursday Night Football on Amazon to Aaron Rodgers to uh, Kevin making a plea for people to be more into hot chocolate. It was a great conversation with Kevin from The Ringer. After that, Sal Akata joins me for our weekly train of thought segment where we get into the recent anarchy on Twitter, give out our NFL best bets, and um, read some Apple reviews. Speaking of reviews, leave a review on Apple. We'll read it right here on the SI Media Podcast. You should also... Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast if you're not a subscriber and check out recent interviews. Jim Nance was on the podcast last week. John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal two weeks ago. Chris Maddog-Russo three weeks ago. Dan Lebetard four weeks ago. So if you didn't hear any of those interviews, go into the archives, check them out. Subscribe to the SI Media Podcast, rate and review. All right, let's get to this week's show. Kevin Clark from The Ringer, followed by Sal Akata and Train of Thoughts, all right here on the SI Media Podcast. Yes. All right, joining me now, I thought, some, I thought you were on recently, you know, in the past year, but I noticed was not on since 2021, which is a big mistake. So we're fixing that now from The Ringer and the always entertaining Slow News Day show, Kevin Clark. Kevin, how are you?
2: What's going on, buddy? Uh,
4: not too much it's been just, too long
2: it's been, it's been too, too long. long we can't go a year without doing this but that's I, the thing it's it all sneaks up on you like that's what happened to my show too where I think oh i just had somebody six months ago oh wait it's been a year let's reach out yeah. i have ariel Huan is coming on next week same same thing like i just i i can't imagine that it was last november but here
4: we are and i don't i don't mind repeating guests actually like repeating guests with people who come on and say stuff and, and, and who are good, but, but when I, I, I don't know why in my head, I thought I had had you on this year. And when I saw you did it, and I was like, well, this is a perfect time here with football. Uh, a lot of wacky football stuff. The Jeff Saturday thing, obviously <laughs> um, let's start with that. Cause sure, I feel like a complete dope because I have a take that I I, I guess is in the really small minority on this. And it's – okay, so take away the Rooney rule stuff because I get why there's an issue there where they didn't try to interview anyone and they just went with – put that aside, which I know is hard to do. But I looked at it like this makes total sense because, number one, if you are a guy who's trying to get a head coaching job in the NFL, you don't want to be the interim for the Colts to go get your ass kicked for the final whatever it is, two months – if they're going to play that quarterback, they're losing most of their games. So why would you want to start your career or have on your resume, you know, two and five or whatever. I don't know the numbers. You know, They're going to win one or two games the rest of the season, yeah. despite your mercy saying they're not tanking, which is I, I get. That's what he has to say. So I was like, I didn't have any problem with this move at all. From that standpoint, I thought, Okay, guy played there. He obviously has a relationship with Ursay. I don't think the no coaching experience is like, you know. I mean, look at Urban Meyer. He, you know, he had experience. So you could, you mm-hmm. can't find a bigger shit show in NFL history. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I and then I saw so many the outrage. Now, if the outrage is about the Rooney Rule, I get it. But you don't want someone. You don't want Eric Bieniemy getting this job right now. It's you're. This is a dead end place for the for the time. Right. Here. In the yeah. offseason, yes, give them that job. But yeah. for now, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so a couple of things. Number one, they're tanking. Let's just we can we can leave it there if we wanted to, but let's not. Right. Um, I agree with you in the sense that this is a, a set up to, to fail job. And Ian Rapport was on Flow News Day this week, and I, I mentioned it happened right he was on right after this all came down. And I said, What what's happening here? And we kind of piggybacked off of some of his NFL network reporting. And he thinks that Jeff Saturday is such a a, a confidant of, of Ursay that it's almost like he's his eyes and ears. And if you treat Jeff Saturday more like we actually joked about, like, the Bobs from Office Space, where they come in and it's like, hey, quarterback's coach, what do you do here? Hey, you know, offensive line coach, are you any good? Almost like an outside consultant coming in to <laughs> coach the team, it makes more sense. Now, I'm of two minds here. I didn't my initial reaction was everything has failed this year let's get weird let's see yeah. what happens if somebody who's never done anything gets a, right. an NFL <clears throat> coaching job for for half a season my my entire philosophy and outlook would change if you got the permanent job that right. would be embarrassing that would be scandalous that would be ridiculous that would fly in the face of anything the NFL has said they care about as far as the pipeline of coaches and how, you know, and, and, and just, I mean, it would be horrible. I, I'm not a big optics guy. It'd right. be a horrible look for everybody. But,
4: right. Cause when I heard he yeah, got the perfect job, in my head, I'm thinking he got the job to finish the season. Then he's out.
2: Yeah. So I, I'm, that's my thought too. And so like, yeah. if this is, I mean, honest to be quite honest with you. And, and this is me. spitballing right? I've, I've talked to like three people about this in the league. None of whom, by the way, know what's going on because I don't think Jim Irsay knows what's going on. But if I were, just spitballing here, the person who has the most at stake here, as far as Jeff Saturday's long-term employment, might be the GM, Chris Ballard. Because if Ursay's the report today was that Ursay called Jeff Saturday on Sunday in the middle of the game and said, what the hell is going on with our team? What, why is our protection so bad? And that started the conversation that led him being a head coach. But I'm thinking like, if he wants to call up somebody and just complain to figure out what's going on, Sounds more like a GM than a head coach, but they didn't fire the GM. They fired the coach on that day. And so Jeff Saturday slides in. And maybe he just sees what's going on there. But I think that maybe, again, just spitballing, maybe the the, the Occam's razor here is that he sees what's going on. They, they hire a legitimate coach after the season, and they have Jeff Saturday in a full-time role in the front office, as a consultant, whatever you want to call it, assistant to the owner, some phony title where he makes good money. I mean, there's so many guys in the league right now. Chris Spielman is a great example in Detroit. He's just around in Detroit. He's not the GM. He's not the coach. He's just Chris Spielman. And I think that 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 is, first of all, you don't have to take the heat on anything. You just kind of get to hang around and go to practice and drink coffee and and just sort of see what you see. Um, That, to me, would probably be a better long-term role for Jeff Saturday. I don't, I don't care what the Colts do in the second half of this season. I don't care. They're already they already benched Matt Ryan. They're already starting a quarterback who's not going to be a long term starter in this league. This is just an owner doing weird stuff because he always does weird stuff. I was right. talking to people around the league. Do, I, do you know weird Jim Ursay is like right. just like the music stuff and and, and his philosophy on things. Um, you know, has, has been well documented. He's out there. So I don't like. I don't think we should read in like big picture trends around the league on what Jim Irsay does. Right. But I would be shocked mm. if the league let the Colts hire Jeff Saturday as head coach next year. Even if Jim Irsay wants to do that, that's a call from Goodell, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, I mean, unless he runs the table, basically, that's there. He's <laughs> he's not going to be back. Uh, yeah, right. like to me, he's there as a babysitter. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. Um I do think there is, you know. I do think there's also a little bias here against sort of that he's an offensive lineman because if this was and name recognition, if they sure. if he brought in if Jim Harshay brought in Peyton, sure. people would think this is the greatest thing that ever happened. Right. But you know, right. just or Saturday's yeah, left. he's not. You know, no one cares about offensive linemen. No, offensive linemen don't have quote unquote name recognition. I mean, listen, we know he was a great offensive lineman. If you're a football fan, you know the name. I'm about Q rating in terms of Q rating. If this was Peyton, the reaction I, yeah. would be totally different. Do you know what this is a huge win for? Who's that? Talk
2: radio callers, message board posters, and just guys at the bar who do this thing whenever there's an opening. Any team, yeah. And they say, and the University of Florida has an opening, and they say, you know what? He's never coached, but I'd love to see Tim Tebow in that role. He's going right. to invigorate the team. Like, think about. I mean, you know, you you know the Yankees well. When there's any opening. It's just let's plug in a, a, a mid 90s. Let's get Bernie Williams in there to fix this. You know, like right. that is just Saturday being hired with no experience at the NFL yeah. level now opens up all sorts of possibilities for completely insane sports radio talk uh, callers and completely insane message board posters of just being like, oh man, the, the Dolphins have an opening. I feel like Dan Marino could be a head coach here. Like that, yeah. that to me is the most exciting thing. Opens up completely new possibilities of insanity.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to shift gears to another topic here to get your take on this. I I feel like the NFL is, they're very slow to move on changing certain things, Mm -hmm. if at all. And I feel like one thing that needs to be changed for the better, and I'm hoping there can be some sort of push for this, is moving the trade deadline back. Because this was actually, Mm. this might have been the first time ever where we had like a MLB slash NBA-esque NFL trade down light. I mean, there was some great action there with Calvin Ridley and yeah. you know, McCaffrey had gone a couple of days, I, but it comes too soon. I mean, you still have teams on bye weeks. Yeah. I think with the injuries being what they are now, I mean, look at, let, look at this case here. Now, it sounds like, you know, we're taping this Wednesday night. It sounds like the Bills dodged a bullet with Josh Allen with the elbow, mm-hmm. but let's say they didn't dodge that bullet and he had to have elbow surgery and he's out for the year. That's your marquee, you know, one of the top two, three marquee teams in the league. A lot of people, yeah. they can then go, you know, they let's say three weeks from now. Now, this is never going to happen. This is all pipe dream stuff. But let's say three weeks from now, the 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 Bucks and the Packers are still struggling. The Bucks especially, because let's say the Bucks lose the next three, he's going to retire after this year. Why not ship him off to Buffalo, Tom Brady, and like, mm-hmm. you know. It's too soon, the trade deadline, and if they're going to have – now, it used to be where nobody ever got traded, so who cares when the trade deadline was. But this year gave me some hope that, like, okay, this is really good. It's really exciting. It's really fun for the sport. It needs to be later in the season. What do you think?
2: Great point. There was some reporting yesterday. I think it was Andrew Brandt. Somebody who's been in the league actually talked about this, where he said that there's always been a media drumbeat to have it later and that teams have been reluctant to ever go to a baseball model where you have literal rentals, you know, like, okay, let's say it's on December 1st and then the Packers are, you know, are going to make the playoffs and then they just rent a pass rusher for one month. And they, they kind of go that way. Having said that, we've seen enough of that. I mean, Vaughn Miller was an incredible rental last year. Um, You know, guys like Minka Fitzpatrick who are stars have been traded mid year when, when a team like the dolphins realizes that their entire season is cooked and there's guys who don't want to be there. So I, I don't know where this goes. I think if the NFL sees an opportunity. One thing that they've gotten good at is building up the drama around things that have historically been kept under wraps. And a great example of that is free agency. I remember doing a story a couple of years ago where – I mean, free agency was so confusing because it officially launched at midnight. Then there was a legal tampering period and all this stuff. (laughs) And the NFL – Essentially, changed it to I, I don't know what the time is, three p.m. Whatever the legal tampering window was, so that the five and six p.m. total access and sports centers could have the news live, and then Schefter and Rapsheet and Garofalo and Palacero, um could just start could just start going and and getting all of these signings. They want that stuff to be available for the basically the sports version of the evening news. And. They've tried other things. you know. They, they tried a veterans combine a couple of years ago that they thought might gain some traction where it's like, oh, you know, Brady Quinn's trying out for an NFL team, Let, let's take a look at this. And so they've always tried to market the inactivity as much as the activity, right? Um, but I think they still see, A, like the NBA has gotten really good at that, but people aren't watching their games as much as they used to. Um, baseball, from what I understand from my friends in baseball media, the trade deadline is by far the most trafficked, most tweeted day of the year, but then nobody wants to watch Reds Cardinals on, on August 5th. And so I don't think it's urgent for the NFL to fix that because the games still sell for, what, $80 million per game, whatever it whatever it is, and, and 10 million people watch a Commander's game if it's on Amazon. Um, but I also – I do think at some point they're going to say, hey, we can sell this. We can get some attention for it. We can, you know, make it a day on NFL Network. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Is they, the, the NFL likes to think globally on this stuff and they say, okay, let's not hype up the, the, the trade it on for the, the sake of hyping it up. Let's make it a day on the NFL Network. Or let's find the week where attention is at its lowest. And there are weeks, you know, I'm just looking at some of our numbers over the past five mm-hmm. years or something. And like, there gets to be around, actually around before, before Thanksgiving, a little bit of a lull where... People kind of maybe take two weeks off from sassing over the NFL from a consumption standpoint. And maybe, maybe you move it back two weeks because of that. I, I don't know necessarily what it all looks like, but I do agree they could really spruce it up a bit.
4: Yeah. Well, like I said, it used to be where there would never be any trades. And now yeah. if you're going to have a flurry, let's really embrace it and go all out with it. So um, since you mentioned Amazon there, I did want to ask you, what has been your experience with Thursday night football, Amazon, do you, it, it, does the streaming bother you? Do you not mind it? Do you enjoy the broadcast? What the, it, that was one of the big media stories going into the year was the yeah. exclusivity on Thursday nights. The games have been awful. What, uh, <laughs> what's what been your yeah. experience and review?
2: Don't mind it. Quite like it. Um, I like the fact, you know, Andrew Martin made the point a couple of weeks ago that what Amazon has done in not reinventing the wheel, but doing things differently. I, I want to stress <laughs> that back to it. Has made what Apple did look so ridiculous, where they went out and they did tried to basically reinvent broadcasts for, for baseball on Friday night. And people, most, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but it sounds like that was pretty universally rejected um, from the people who watch games every Friday night. What Amazon did is the best of both worlds. You get Al Michaels, somebody everybody's comfortable with. Krista um, Thompson is somebody who's obviously been on broadcasts for a long time. Kirk Herbstreit, everybody at least knows. I mean, like I listen. I, I come from a college football family, and. The, re- the reverence, including for myself, of Kirk Herbstreit is unbelievable. I'm not sure necessarily football people, NFL people necessarily get it now, but like if I, if I was on fire in my living room at, at home in Orlando and Kirk Herbstreit was on TV talking about the, the Gators next four games, my parents would be like, Kevin, can you stop? Like Kirk, Kirk's breaking down what, what he, what he, thinks about Napier, right? Like, or, or Mike Norvell or any of these guys, right? Um, and so he can build that really quickly, I think, on the NFL level. And then Richard Sherman has been great. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been great. Andrew Whitworth has been on slow news day um, in the past month. Has been wonderful. I think that it's it's doing a really good job of incorporating new voices into a format that everybody's pretty familiar with. So I have I have no complaints um, at all. And I think that it was always you know you always hear these stories. Anything on an NFL broadcast has to basically be run by. Uh, as far as personnel and as far as changes go, has to be looped in with the NFL league office. So they're not going to let you hire some stand-up comedian, you know, put him on the pregame show unless, like, it's. I, I know you're about to say Dennis Miller. But
4: <laughs> no, 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 no. The, I'll let you finish. Then I'll. I'll oh
2: no! You know, I'm just saying there's a limit to the weirdness because you know Brian yeah. Curtis and I joke about this all the time. He's coming on Friday. We'll probably joke about it on, on Sunday, Day. But it's like sometimes networks will try something with other sports. Right. And I, I'll text Curtis and be like, Goodell would have good. would have just shut this broadcast off five minutes into this. If this if this were happening, I actually forget, forget what examples it is. Mm. But sometimes you'll see stuff and you're just like, man, the NFL would never do this level of experimentation. Usually that means it's bad, or they tried it and they bricked it. The NFL is only you're only going to be able to really innovate by like 10% right. a year. And so I, I think within those parameters, Amazon is an awesome. Well-
4: there's, I have a lot to say here. I mean, one, <laughs> you'll never, you will never make it if you ever want to go into the media critic world if you have nothing negative to say. That's just the, you, you know, it's just have not how it works. News.
2: I have some great news. <laughs> Brian, never, Curtis, yeah. Brian Curtis is a wonderful media critic for the ringer.com. That yeah. job is not open. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and if elected, I will not serve.
4: <clears throat> you can never, ever say, I have nothing negative to say. I mean, that's just, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's funny how you bring up the comedian stuff because, I feel like their pregame show has gotten attention twice this season. Once was when, well, it wasn't the pregame, but it was halftime when they basically took a pass on the Tua stuff when he had the yeah. concussion. Yep. And yep. the other time was when they ran a clip from a show that's on Amazon Prime. Oh, I forgot Killian. the name of the show, Tur- but the comedian, Tur- Tarun, yeah. yeah. That clip Again, we're in that world where we're judging it based on Twitter reaction. But that was one of the most um, vicious, vicious things I've seen on Twitter recently. Where the reaction to that was not good.
2: That to say, to say uh, I, I don't. Here's the deal on that one. Okay, <laughs> I don't know him. I don't know what that show is. I haven't checked it out. That's the kind of thing where, like, if you know, you kind of got a a dud there don't put it on a halftime of a well-watched game in front of 10 million people. Just, I know maybe there was a deal in there, but like, just, just let that, you know how that
4: works. It's an Amazon prime show. They're trying to do some cross promotion. I I didn't, it didn't help. The promotion did not help. It didn't. It certainly
2: did not help. I don't know anything about that show. I, I I just saw the same clip you did. I agree. I did not, uh, wasn't a lot of laughs coming from my end on that one. Yeah.
4: I, I felt bad because I was like, this is, I've, to, the way it got panned was, was pretty vicious. Um, yeah, I, I... I Listen, I have no complaints with the telecast. I th- I think you really summed up Herb Street well. He, there's a gravitas there that, that you just... You know you're getting a, a real analysis of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Al is Al. I wish the pregame show just... It wouldn't be a cookie-cutter pregame show, but... Mm-hmm. And I've said this for years. I mean, you take... And I like all the people on this. This isn't anything about... The people on all those shows are great. But if you take the Fox pregame show, the CBS pregame show, the NFL Network pregame show, the ESPN pregame show, the Amazon, they're all the same. every It's amazing. Now, you hit on a good point here because in my head, I'm thinking, how does nobody want to be different? How does nobody want to stand out? I mean, every show has 50 people. They do the same stories. And, you know, I do wonder if a lot of that is the NFL. Like, the NFL is not going to let, like you said, you know... Be, there be a pregame show on a national network before a slate of games with people trying to do stand up and acting like clowns and not taking things seriously. But it is amazing to me that they're just all the same. I think that the NFL has two—I wouldn't call them roadblocks—but there's
2: a reason that they're all that, that a lot of the, the product looks the same. Number one is what you described: the NFL. It would, would at least be like, what are you guys doing for some of the crazier experimentation if they tried? The other right. part is like, there's not a lot the casual fan is interested in. In a way, like we don't, under, like you and I would really be interested in a breakdown of how Chase Young has developed over the past three years if it's a commander's game, right? But the reason 50 million people watch a playoff game is not because of you and I, it's because of, of my mom and my dad and i when i used to i used to start feature stories the wall street journal and before every playoffs i'd call my mom and i'd say mom like who have you heard of right like who like she's she watches these games yeah. and we'd go through it aaron Rodgers, andrew luck whatever. And i remember oh this is like 2015 and i was like hey you have heard of richard sherman and she was like oh yeah aaron andrew's guy like you know and it's mm-hmm. just i think we all overrate how yeah. much anybody knows whatever and so it really is like coach quarterback star player you know yeah. um and i i, I remember Talking to somebody who's very big in this industry is very big in this industry. We we're having beers a couple of years ago, and he's like, "The dirty little secret is, you really only have to know no, like half the quarterbacks in this league. Like their tendencies. You don't have to watch tape on number twenty two in the league. Okay, you don't have to watch Taylor Heineke tape unless you're actually calling a Commanders game. I can't believe how many Commanders references I made uh, in, the, in the last twenty minutes, but I promise i will do my last one. But and also, like even the insiders, like they really only have to check in on five guys per team. If they care about only buzz only the right. top level stories, And so there's a limit on how deep you can get on those sort of shows. Like even me, like I, I, I love writing the stuff I write and the analysis and the features and all that stuff, but I'm probably not going to go to Arizona to write a story about anybody other than Kyler Murray, right. Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury, JJ uh, Watt, Deandre Hopkins, right. nobody else. Nobody else. And like, there are players that I respect deeply on that team and every team, but I'm not going to, nobody's going to click on a story like that. Right. No one's going to click yeah. on 9,000 unless it tells you something bigger about the sport. Right. And, and I think that pregame shows and postgame shows and halftime operate on that on an extreme higher level, where if they talk about someone, I remember years ago at the Wall Street Journal, maybe 2013, 2014, maybe even later, um, they did a study of readers to find out like who resonated with them. And a shockingly small percentage knew who Russell Westbrook was. This is like, you, know, you in our world, oh, Russell Westbrook has 100% name penetration, right? Not not in the, you know, the median TV right. viewer, median Wall Street Journal reader, like, it was just a different deal. And so I think that there has to be one of the reasons that there's a um just a a, 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 a a sameness to to a lot of this stuff is there's only so many ways they can go and still appeal to the 40, 50 million people who watch the biggest games. Right. That's just my take on.
4: No, no, I think you're right, and I think you know you have so many ex players and ex coaches on there that they're not going to really rip current players. It, it's it's going to be very
2: right. generic. Well, that, that's a different situation. That, yeah, that's even hmm. stranger. I mean, a lot, right, like that's a lot of coaches wanting to get back in. Right, or yeah, right.
4: I guess my dream. And, like, I get it. Like, if you have a pregame show, you have to do sort of the you know the injuries, the weather, the fantasy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, give me a show with two people, not 78, like all, and make them not players. Like, I, I always think of, like, Peter Schrager, Kyle Brand from Good... Like, give me those two and give them a half hour. It doesn't have to... Like, now the pregame shows are all three, four hours, which is absurd. Give them 30 minutes and do what their thing... Like, just give me that option of something different because they're not... The hosts today, they're not going to go to town on you know anything that controversial.
2: The players thing is fascinating to me because I'm going to switch sports here, but it applies to what we're talking about. So I i was just BSing with a guy who worked for NASCAR a couple of months ago. I'm not a huge NASCAR guy, but um, I host a Formula One podcast that has gotten um, a good amount of traction. And we were just talking about industry trends. And I said to him, well, why did NASCAR do a drive survive? Because so much of that was Netflix. And he said, Listen, right, the NASCAR world is so small. Everybody knows everybody. And one bad word about somebody means you can't go to this restaurant anymore. You can't go to this hotel lobby anymore without hiding your face. You can't go to your kids daycare anymore because you said this about this team. And so nobody wants to say anything crazy. Right. And it's like they all right. live in in, in, in in Charlotte or Atlanta or a couple of different cities. And you think about the network of ex players. And it's pretty similar. You know, there's not there, there's there's five, six cities these guys all live in. They all still hang out together, they're all still out of practice, and they, they like they love the connection between the older players and the younger players, and especially in a lot of these teams where it's so vibrant, like you, you know, when an ex dealer comes back to Pittsburgh, it's 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 you know it's like a it's like the former governor is coming back, you know? Um and so I just think that there's a lot of incentive for a former player to just kind of couch any sort of criticism. And when you do find like, you know, I thought the the sort of prince who was promised a couple of years ago was Jay Cutler. When you heard people say it say it immediately when they heard his auditions I mean obviously when Patrick to play for Adam Gase, but like You almost need a guy who gets into the booth and will just say anything and do the homework and will just say, this guy is not very good at this. And then one, you know, it kind of, it doesn't get talked about enough, but one guy who's really good at that is Chris Collinsworth, who will just say, this guy's trying to cover this guy. He just can't do it. And there's actually very little of that at top end football analysis. I think Troy
4: Troy is better than Chris. I I think Troy is the best at calling out players and he does it in a fair way. Mm-hmm. And I think, but see, I think he has to do that. And Chris, if they're doing those games that have that many viewers, standalone games, but the pregame show is different. I think pregame shows want to keep things light. They don't want to go out there and hammer, play. it's a different vibe. I'll tell you one thing. Speaking of former players on pregame shows, the one guy who, who will get me to like, leave the TV on and watch his segment is, is Gronk. Because really, you just, you don't, you did you see what he said last week about Zach Wilson? It made no sense whatsoever. It was I don't phenomenal. think so. So, so he's on the Fox pregame show now. Yeah, of course. And they usually like beam him in on satellite from New York because they're in LA, those guys. And they just throw like some topics at him and he makes these really bad stand up jokes in response. Okay. And well, he had a good, like, they asked him about. I think they asked him about coming back to play tight end for the Bucks. No, no, that, no. They asked him about, it was the week with all the, when they had the atrocious roughing the passer calls. And that mm-hmm. was the big topic for Whatever. the week. And he said something about, I forgot his line, but he either said something about like geriatric Tom Brady or like Tom Brady who's ready for the nursing home. Gronk's like the only person who can get away with that with Tom Brady. And it was fun. But this week he had a complete train wreck where they asked him something about Zach Wilson. And he tried to make reference to Zach Wilson having sex with the friends with the mother's friend, but he bought he oh, no. something like he said something like, Well, this is what he said. He said, as long as they can keep Zach Wilson away from parent-teacher conference night. Oh no. This makes no sense. It made no sense. Like you knew what he was referencing. You knew he was like he was trying so hard to get that joke in about Zach Wilson sleeping with the mother's friend, if that was true, but he, but he mentioned <laughs> teacher conference. I did no oh. sense. It was great. I love that. And I actually
2: think there's, there's room. I mean, you probably sounds like you agree with me. There's room in this industry for less polish. Yeah. And I think that yes. so many of these shows, yes. five guys in suits sitting, you know, ha- one hand over the other saying, you know what? If the Ravens got to get back to their identity. They got to start running the ball and everything will be fine. Or, you know, whatever. Or so they're giving some take that's three weeks late that it was already been written about by the local column that right. fans already know, right? I mean, right. like, the, the biggest thing for me, my favorite football team in the world is the Miami Hurricanes. And you can yeah. tell within five seconds where the pre, post, and the people calling the game have done their own homework. You know, you can tell that a mile away. And, and usually they have, um, depending on, on kind of the crew. But I just feel like there's a there's a, a part in this industry. And I actually think in a weird way, like Gronk, you're describing someone who's great. But even like Stephen A, you know, he'll go into segments with not a lot of content, and he will grind it out until you're laughing. And he will just yeah. say, like, I, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day where I'm, I was in the summer and he went into this Aaron Rodgers take and he didn't really have anything. And so we just started screaming the name Aaron Rodgers over and over again, until finally, I was like, this is amazing. He's, he's doing great. And you know, like, sometimes I'll be oh, yeah. i remember a couple of years ago, I was sitting there. Uh, with my, my wife was sitting there. And we were watching NBA pregame and Stephen A just started screaming about something. And my wife was just like, what is this? This is amazing. And you forget sometimes because again, we're so used to Stephen A that it's like, right. he's so different from everybody else on yeah. television. And yeah. And and that's why I think I I feel like we've learned some of the wrong lessons from some of those guys Mm. success is that you can be different on television and it can work. Um, It just has to be entertaining to to people who who make the audience grow from three million to to nine million.
3: apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
4: you just used aaron Rodgers sort of as, as a part of your story there and since we're talking about media and you mentioned rogers can we also like if you're on a pregame show if you're on an nfl telecast if you're on any studio show how about we now put a full pause on ayahuasca jokes it's run its course. It's run its course. Every time he plays badly, we've got someone out there. Oh, maybe he needs to do it. Can we retire the ayahuasca jokes? Can we do it? election yeah. day was this week? Can we vote on that on a ballot? And
2: it's I think it's funny. I think with Rogers in particular, I know Aaron, a little tiny bit we spent you know, a decent amount of time. I've spent a decent amount of time interviewing him um, over the past two years. And I think part of it, frankly, is wanting to needle him without wanting to make a claim on his play. Because I think everybody's scared to write him off. Because we've done it a couple of times. It happened with Tom Brady too, and we got to the point where now no one ever says anything about Tom Brady because we doubted him so much that right. you know you end you end up like Max Kellerman five years ago, or you know the, the, one of my one of the guys you know PFF Sam Monson wrote a piece basically saying in 2014 that that Brady was done and. Well, you know, check his mentions sometimes. See how that see how that's going every time. Does Brady he, does he get touchdown.
4: does freezing cold takes whip that out every now I mean, and then? I mean, that's I
2: think that's a great tits for, for freezing cold <laughs> takes. But yeah. um but no, I mean it, it, it's really I think with Rogers, I think they're trying to needle him, but they don't want to say he's missing throws downfield, which he is. Um that he's frankly the problem right now. Um his play, because if he was playing at a normal MVP level, there'd be none of those problems. Dan Orlovsky, God bless him, seems to be the only person who will say that this isn't Matt LaFleur's offense. This is Aaron Rodgers' offense, and he's doing a really bad job of running it. And there's no identity right now, and, and Arlotsky's all over this. But I almost think that, like, the Joe Rogan jokes, the Ayahuasca jokes, the podcast jokes, like, it's to obscure the fact that nobody wants to have a real debate about Aaron Rodgers because he's playing really badly, and everybody seems afraid to say
4: it. Well, I think, yeah, I do think people in the media are a little bit afraid of Aaron Rodgers, Um because I, I, what I think is a story that I'd like to see about Aaron Rodgers, and I have not seen it, and we, it don't, I don't think... We'll, I'm at the point now, given where we are in the season and what's taking place this season, I would love to know if Aaron Rodgers' teammates like him. And he, and, and, or if they like him anymore, or if they're getting... T- For me, I think his act is getting tired. And that ties in with him not playing well. If he plays well, you can't say anything about him. But if he's not going to play well, and then he's also going to think that, you know, he's a rocket scientist and everyone else is stupid. And I thought it was strange when he went on his media tour. But, it, you know, the he did Bill Maher and he did mm-hmm. like 50 Barstool podcasts and he did rogan and he he was i was, popping I, up I, I was in, in
2: i was in there i was in there i got 20 i got my 20 minutes don't think i'm getting some bizz- out but of he
4: that. popped up in some bizarre places bizarre places um I know. and you know the packers teammates the guy who's 22 23 24 25 you know there was yeah. the early in the season they had a loss and I forgot who the defensive player was, and he said, I'm not worried, but if we, wor- if we lose next week, I'll be worried. And Aaron Rodgers, ha- I-, I believe in manifestation. Yeah. I-, I could see now at the point, if you're going to be three and six, lose five games in a row, where people in the locker room are like, you know, this guy should just shut the fuck up already. I, I, would, love yeah. to- I would love a story about that, but I don't know if anyone's going there. Sure.
2: So I actually did some reporting on this a few years ago about how he <laughs> relates or doesn't relate to the younger teammates because this is a problem with every old quarterback. Tom Brady's had this, Aaron Rodgers right. had this, uh, Peyton Manning had it, where you're 35 and the way the NFL works now, everybody else is 23. Um, there are very few second contract guys in the league anymore because of the way the rookie salary cap works. And so it's it's an interesting question. I think he's always had. They brought Randall Cobb back. They're buddies. Um, David Bakhtiari is his buddy. Devontae Adams was, was his buddy. Um, I, I think that at some point you reach a level of fame, and this is every quarterback, where I think you're not going to be friends with everybody on your offense. And I don't right. think – I mean, I think that who was the Bucks offensive lineman over the summer, who basically said he didn't have Tom Brady's cell phone number? Oh, Tom yeah, Brady yeah, yeah, jo- yeah. Jokingly text yeah, him. Yeah. like that's I think great. that there's a lot of there's a lot of professional relationships without personal relationships, and I really do think that you know Colin Coward always always says a great quarterback is the deodorant. Like I don't think whether or not his teammates like him is actually that important. There's a lot of great quarterbacks whose teammates hate them, frankly. Hate hate them, frankly. And so, um, and that, that's like I could name you four or five. QB's, where it's like you know he had really frosty relationships with the receivers, and it didn't end up mattering. Um, well, people rolled their eyes all the time when, when people would talk about him. Whatever, um, it didn't end up mattering. And I think it's more about how the offense is working, how the meeting rooms work, um, you know, the, the chemistry that they have. Does he, you know, I think one thing with Rogers, and this is something I had James Jones on my show a couple weeks ago, and I asked him this, and I felt a little bit unfulfilled by the answer. One of the problems with Rogers is that he has an extremely high bar to trust anybody he's throwing to. So to switch out everybody basically but Alan Lazard on the receiving core is a huge deal, a huge deal. And I remember I got killed for this. But I wrote a couple of years ago, I tweeted it. Mike McCarthy told me one time, that, and it's 100% true, that Aaron So Aaron Rodgers had his day, like two-day period. We were throwing a ton of interceptions. And I said to Mike, I was like, what the hell is going on? Is it 2015? I said, what the hell is going on? And he was like, well, he's doing it because he he's throwing the ball up to see if a receiver will come down with it because he's testing his limits and he wants to know who we can trust. So he's just clocking this stuff. And he's saying, okay, I'm going to throw this 20 yards up. I'm going to see if this rookie receiver can get it. If it gets picked off, I'm done with this guy, okay? And that's his threshold. And so the idea you're going to throw Romeo Dobbs and 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 watson like all these guys like i and sammy watkins who's not the most reliable guy as a route runner and, and and been injured and whatever like you're gonna have to develop chemistry on the fly with those guys and hope that alan lazard is enough and like you know i i, I think all of the, i think especially the rookies are going to be really talented but there is a threshold that aaron Rodgers needs to trust them and I, I think it takes longer than, than the the time he's been given and so that to me is a bigger question than whether or not they're they're going to the movies. Um it's Well, I don't
4: question. mean I don't mean yeah. I don't mean it that I mean are they because he is very vocal and critical. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's unfair about it, but yeah. I think you can make the argument that he's become, you know. He's tried I, to turn himself into this guru I know, shaman.
2: I, I, I know what you're you saying.
4: Know, you know, I, I and also that, think, and I, and I'll throw this out there. And if you want to get, also him him telling Pat McAfee, I don't give a shit what the media says. I don't think there's an NFL player that cares more about what the media says than Aaron Rodgers. For, that's just my. opinion. I
2: agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> I, I think. I, I think what we're both getting at is he needs to be a better leader. Um, but I don't. I think the flip side of that is I don't know how, how much incredible Aaron Rodgers leadership would help right now.
4: If they were I agree a little that, better, a hundred percent,
2: if they were a little better, I, right. I think you'd be seeing, and if he was playing better, I think you'd see his relationship with the two rookie receivers. I think that would be huge but right now. They can't complete a pass. So Agreed. like, I don't know. It's almost, it's almost worthless to even put the effort in.
4: And this might not be fair, but I think they're sort of connected Brady and, and Rodgers, And I think obviously their on-field struggles have been very similar this year.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And I do think for as miserable as Brady has been because of what's going on off the field, he still, I feel like, will give you something fun. I mean, you mentioned that thing where the lineman didn't know his text. He went on Twitter, Brady, and I think he was like, sorry about that and showed the text. Yeah. The other day he comes out with the win. He gets in the press conference. That was fucking yeah. fun. Yeah. Rogers seems miserable 24-7. I never see any, even on McAfee, he doesn't seem light and fun. He seems like it's he's battling you know i feel like he wants to battle all the the, the media narratives this that brady at least and like i said this, brady's had a rough year but he's had moments of looseness you never see that from Aaron Rodgers anymore he used to but i don't you know i don't know if something happened i don't know but
2: i think something. he's buried under shit i think he's buried under shit right now and yeah. i think brady has had that and i think brady has wanted to be all ball in the past and and as you know once he got to the patriots he was able to show a different side i think he knows You mentioned Roger saying he doesn't care about what the media says. He cares a lot. Yeah. And I think he knows he's extremely media savvy. I think he knows that if he was lighthearted or fun or started trolling people on social media, he'd get killed for it. And I I, I do think that's in the back of his mind. I think what's interesting now, I said this on I said Bill Bill Simmons on my show a couple weeks ago, and I think athletes now are hyper aware They can end up on the chiron of first take and first things first and all of this stuff really easily. And the reason I know that is because I had had I do a training camp tour and I talked to pretty much every every big quarterback there is and probably talked to seven of them this year. Um, And one of them, absolute star, just didn't bring it this year, just did not bring it. And I was really confused by it. I asked somebody with the team. I said, "Hey, what happened to this guy? He he was so great, you know, the last few years, and and it seemed like he was really reserved." It's like you just reach this level of fame where you don't want Skip and Shannon to take three words you said and said. Oh, okay, let's let's do this. I get it. yeah. Um, and and I think you just get to a point in training camp where you're just like. I don't want to do this. I don't want to wake up to this and just like then have to give the, the follow-up to this interview, blah blah blah. I mean like so many of these guys are so blunt and honest. Like Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Joe Burrow yeah. is an amazing talker. Um Aaron Rodgers has been an amazing talker in his in his uh, in his career. Tom Brady, when he now in Tampa, is getting a little better um, at, at opening up. But I would say that I think the wheels are always turning in these guys' heads. Like any Dallas Cowboy. Giving any interview at any point anywhere in America could end up on the Chiron of any ESPN show the next day. Just by saying like, hey, if if, 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 ba- if Michael Parsons' what? backup said, we're going to win three in a row or something like that, or we're going to win Sunday, it would end up like yeah. on the B block of, of, a, of an NFL Network show.
4: Well, the good thing for the Cowboys players is the owner does it all the time. So the the (laughs) players are usually shielded by the owner. You know, listen, what you say there makes 100%. I've said this a million times on the podcast. The regular listeners who listen every week probably don't want to hear this. I'm going to say it quickly. We don't have to discuss it. But I I get what you're saying. And I I still, to this day, can't believe. I, I still can't believe that websites, media outlets, and it was across the board actually treated Tom Brady doing The Masked Singer like a real story. Like, Mm -hmm. it was so embarrassing. As someone in the media, I was so embarrassed for everyone who did that. This I've said this before. Tom Brady didn't miss any time in his career when his mother had cancer. You think he's missing camp to go do The Masked Fucking Singer? and media? And that story alone was a disgrace and an embarrassment. But then when you... The origins of it, a random person said on reddit that they think he did it and then everyone else took that and ran if i was tom brady i would never talk to the media again after that drove me nuts um it's the cousin
2: of the twitter react story that i hate so much Is oh the the mavericks you know the mavericks get eliminated from the playoffs here's twitter reacting it's like, i well, do that
4: all the time though i have to be fair i don't want to act like i'm above that that one i do but go ahead
2: I just think I just think it 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 manufactures narratives that aren't necessarily there because if you look at ten people in your feed saying oh this is Luca's fault that they're out of the playoffs like if you maybe scroll ten people down you find ten people who say it's coaching or ten people who say it's it's Mark Cuban whatever I just I I take issue with that sometimes less like I mean sometimes you'll just see like this happen. Twitter's got jokes, which I'm not that. That's offended. what I. Yeah, that's a, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
4: I, I'm thinking the last one I did like a couple of weeks ago, on Monday Night Football. ESPN did that John Krasinski thing, and I the next day my column was here's how Twitter reacted to that. But yeah, the thing about this player caused a lot. I don't that I'll stay away from Twitter reaction.
2: Or just like Twitter, Twitter murders blank for saying this, and it's like,
4: right. well, maybe it's just the you know a lot of people reacting to feed that that
2: to me just like manufacturing consensus. By, by using people you know as tweets. That's what that's what offends me. And so this idea, and it was always presented as like, this Redditor has an epic theory on Tom Brady, and it's like, you did no fact-checking. It was shot down almost immediately. Did you call Fox before this? Because I bet you didn't. Which, right. I mean, like, Fox is just sitting around waiting for you. And these are legitimate outlets. I mean, it's, right. a, you know, legitimate people who cover, and yes. I always say this all the time when we're, when we're talking about the ringer, we're credentialed for the Super Bowl. We're credentialed in NFL facilities. We're credentialed right. in these places. We have to carry ourselves. Like we can't just throw shit up against the wall. Because right. we have to face these people. Right. And so and, and and luckily anyone who writes for us also has to do that. We don't have I think part of this and, and, and this is kind of case by case as far as the outlet goes. I think a lot of outlets have people who go out and do the the sort of um, reporting in person or make calls or whatever. And then the aggregators who just sort of take what those people do and and summarize it. And those people can be more liberal, um, with the uh, with the facts, basically, as far as just saying, Okay, here's what they really meant to say, whatever, whereas we can't say this, right. Right. And like, um, I remember a couple years ago, I did a piece Baron Rogers. And he had said something in it. And uh, I was like, my, our social team was like, "Can we take this and make it a quote card?" And I was like, "Let's not make any quote cards. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to sensationalize it. Like, whatever. Let's just do it." Then Bleacher Report immediately makes it a quote card, and it got like what are like one hundred and twenty thousand retweets or something. Like, it was like the Ellen selfie from the Oscars. Yeah. Like, it was unbelievable. And so people can just take like, it, it, we have to whatever. I don't want to get into the whole reporting thing. No, no, thing no. Is, listen, it's just, I, like. It, I, I, it, it, it I know just, exactly I,
4: where you're coming from. I, I, I could not agree so much yeah.
2: that websites that, that, that do not do the bare minimum. I'm not. You don't have to be credentialed to email Fox or well, the Bucks and say, wait, is this true? Or Don and, Yee.
4: And I'm not even a, all. I'm asking for is a little common sense every now and then. Like, take a step back and go, OK, a person that nobody knows went on Reddit and said, Tom Brady's on The mass Singer. Maybe we should not really act like this is real. That's all. I, forget the report. That's all I'm asking for. Just take a step back and say, what are we doing here? What are we doing? But, you know. All right, let's end it with something positive. <laughs> because you had a take recently that I think is one of the best takes I've ever seen. Now, normally, it's always fun when someone has a bad take and you can argue and go back and forth. But I just come in praise because your take about hot chocolate oh, needs, yeah. needs to be... Um uh amplified Thank you. and supported and as winter comes it's a take that everyone needs to really understand and get behind.
2: So I believe and also by the way, this is not a shot at water. Saying this is a shot at water, it's not a shot at water. But I believe that hot chocolate should be the second most popular drink in the world with beer being number one. You almost view, by the way, water is almost an essential service, okay? It's, it's not like really not a
4: drink. drink. Yeah. It's not
2: a drink, okay? It's, it's not a necessity. The order. Also, yeah. it's not even that popular. Like if you're someone saying, what do you want? If you're getting water, you're not going for tea, okay? So I just think we haven't done enough with hot chocolate. It's an amazing drink. It tastes great all the time. And people were coming at me and saying, oh, it's not caffeinated doesn't give me the shakes i need my <laughs> rocket fuel and i'm saying this is a resource problem
4: because well, if and it's we also, given go ahead it's also people being stupid problem because again it's this concept where you can't have two thoughts at once you can enjoy and need your coffee and you can still understand that hot chocolate needs to be more popular
2: and we could innovate it. We could have caffeinated hot chocolate in some way. That's you true. Get your, that can be your first drink in the morning if you need it to be. Think about all of the things Starbucks and and boutique coffee shops have done for coffee. We're making it iced, or we're adding this, or We're adding pum- pumpkin spice. There's been no innovation on hot chocolate in mass.
4: The no, there ha- there and has so- been. You mentioned Starbucks. I'll just say one thing. I they they have done. Peppermint hot chocolate and it's yeah, vile. I, just for I, the I saw
2: I saw people mention that, and there were a couple vile. of other, couple of other takes and 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 twists on that that I saw in my mentions because it went vaguely viral. You know, it was more it was more replies actually than, than quote yeah. reads. People just either saying it was great or saying no. Uh, most of the most of the arguments are about caffeine, but we gotta we gotta take hot chocolate to the next level. But I if you just give my take in the original tweet was if you just give it. Ten percent of the real estate that coffee has in this country, amazing things would happen.
4: Agree. When you get hot chocolate, like if you get a hot chocolate out, forget making it home. If you get it out, whipped cream or no whipped cream?
2: Well, I'm going no. Me um, too. Having I, I, whipped cream is a distraction. Great. I just want to get to the chocolate. Agree. And the other thing is, it's already caloric. You you got to watch it if you're yeah. if you're gonna drink a lot of hot chocolate over a winter unless you're running marathons you got to watch it so I'm going without whipped cream That's fine. and I'm
4: also no marshmallow bullshit either marshmallows are like no. raisins they just you don't they ruin it you don't need it it's fine out. on its own get out now I'm gonna, this is a true story I read your tweet about the hot chocolate while in the line at the supermarket where there was a package of Swiss Miss in my cart and I was gonna. Take a picture and then I'm like, well, let's not make this about me. And then if I was going to say like, oh, I read this while buying hot chocolate, people would tell me I'm a liar and it's not true. But I just wanted you to know I was actually buying hot chocolate when I read your tweet.
2: Wow, that's very. I I, I don't get any money from that or any pop, yeah. but uh, I appreciate being such an influencer. I will say, my no, no, I was Kimes, already in my
4: cart when I read your tweet.
2: Oh, so I'm like uh, Mina, on your
4: side fully on this on this.
2: Mina, Mina Kimes has uh, now had hot chocolate every day since. Since the tweet, yeah. it's in her I used head. to have
4: it a lot at SI because they had free, when we had an office, yeah. they did the free hot chocolate. There. All right. I, don't th- well, I that, haven't
2: seen Spotify have, I haven't looked at the Spotify hot chocolate
4: options. We got Cold Brew on top. They probably have like the Ghirardelli or the uh, the fancy, <laughs> they're not doing Swiss Miss, at Spotify, I don't think. I got to look. Yeah. All right. Kevin, appreciate it. Enjoy that a hot chocolate, great. and uh, we'll have you on again way sooner than a year from now. <laughs>
0: Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org.
0: Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
4: All right, joining me now, as he does every week for our Train of Thoughts segment. I should probably change the name of it to like the Train of Lakata segment, but he is my buddy from WFAN Radio, SNY TV in New York, Sal Lakata. Sal, how are we doing?
1: Oh, not bad. You know, another another week in paradise.
4: Oh, that good, huh? (laughs) Things are going that well. Oh,
1: God. You don't even know. We're we're, we're overdue for a steak dinner. Put it that way.
4: It could be so many things, too. The radio no, show, the TV show, the it's, home it's life, everything.
1: everything. All, yeah, all of the above marriage, right? All Twi- the above.
4: T- Twitter check marks.
1: That's one thing I'm actually happy about. Does this mean that I might eventually be able to just quit Twitter? Oh, people going to start getting off of Twitter?
4: No one's going to get off Twitter. Everyone no. says they're going to leave. No one's going to leave. We're all yeah. addicted. No one's going to stop. But it is a shit show right now. It's, I, I find it funny. I mean, I'm not. And I find the people who are outraged funny too like the whole thing is just kind
1: can of you of, just catch me up real quick because i come into sure. work today and that's why they're like i'll stay off of twitter it's a mess and i'm like well why what's happening so i like people okay. are just using their blue check marks to have so
4: i was surprised at how many you know this came up on your station wfan on your on the morning show on tuesday with boomer and geo mm. and they were talking about how this would clean up the bots and i sent a tweet to geo saying like this is the opposite I, and I guess people are not so basically what what's happening now is any human being, if they pay eight dollars a month can get verified but not verified I shouldn't use the word verified can get a blue check mark
5: right
1: because what are they verifying they, they, without they
4: without having to prove. That you are that person. See, when I got verified and when you got verified, I, I think we there was some sort of something that had to be sent some uh, driver's license. There was something where you had to prove who you were to get the blue check mark. That's out the window. So basically, this is what can happen. If I want to pay eight dollars, I can pay eight dollars to Twitter and create a Twitter name. That what is your Twitter name? I don't even what, what's like the, the official Twitter.
1: Sal underscore Lakata.
4: Okay. So I can create a Twitter name that says Salicata W F A N S N Y and it'll right. have a blue check mark.
1: And people will start to think that potentially that's me.
4: Possibly, yeah. Right. So like there were some dopes today who were doing that, but it wasn't it wasn't really cleverly disguised. Like they made a LeBron James account, but they spelled James J A M E Z. So if you right. fall for that, you're the dope. But if someone made a Twitter account that said Salicata and y and has a blue check mark,
1: right? People are going to yeah, fall for it and think people. Yeah. So this so, would this would actually go in the wrong way of people trying to actually get verified and, and
4: but you know, they, if you you can ba- basically you can buy a blue check mark for eight dollars is what it comes down to, and you don't right. have to prove who you are. So stupid. Yeah. So we'll see how long that lasts because so, but, but
1: what it does that it minimizes every blue check right? Because now you used to see a blue check mark and you'd be like, "Oh, maybe this is somebody." And now you're going to be like, "Oh, well, it could be anybody." I
4: don't know. I guess it all depends on like I never looked at it like, "Oh, this is a blue check mark. This is somebody." It was it for me, it's more about, "Oh, this is a blue check mark. What this person is posting is real." That's really what right. it comes down to. It doesn't right. matter who you are. You just want to be, you know, sometimes no, 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 you no, see but- like
1: but I'm saying, like, usually if you have a blue check mark, you would be verified as in whatever it is that you yeah. do. Yeah. I don't mean like celebrity status. I'm right. saying, like, oh, well, this, you know, whether it's somebody in the media, whoever. Right. Oh, well, there's right. a blue check mark. Right. So,
4: so, like, if someone created the Twitter name Salicata, W F A N S N Y, and mm-hmm. tweeted in May, the Mets have wrapped up the division. <laughs> People will go, oh, that's a ridiculous take. Let me see if it's true. And they would see the blue check mark next to the real salicata and go, oh, this is real. But now anybody could create your name and do that. And right. no they one stupid knows stupid
1: outlandish things. Who would ever say something like that? Who
4: would that? ever? Right, exactly. And the kicker is so the person paying the eight dollars can come up with the Twitter name at salicata wfan and, and then if you don't pay the eight dollars, you're losing your check mark.
1: All right. So when is that coming in into play? I
4: have no idea. I have no, no idea. Okay. Yeah. But
1: I mean Have you decided I'm, what you're gonna do. You're you're paying the eight bucks. I know you. You're paying the eight bucks.
4: Um, I don't know, maybe. I'll see what happens. I don't think I don't think this system is gonna be in place. Okay, you
1: think it's gonna I think they'll be in
4: place. Yeah, he's already listen, it already went from twenty dollars to eight dollars. This morning, you probably missed all this because you were probably sleeping. This morning they started putting the word official on some verified accounts, then that went away. Oh, Shelby's telling me I'm grandfathered in, so I guess you're not losing check marks if you already have one.
2: So
1: oh!
4: So you don't have you, to pay the...
1: But you can't... So if you didn't have one prior, then you have to pay the $8 a month? Right. All right, well, screw them. I'm fine then.
4: <laughs> right, but again, the point is anybody can go pay the $8 and get one.
1: Right. No, eh, whatever. That doesn't yeah. matter to me. I can't take what anybody says on there seriously anyway.
4: I like seeing... Yeah, exactly. I like seeing all the anarchy every day. Yeah. Just i right, let's let's move on to something fun because that topic is terrible. I have to play you this clip from chris Madog Russo show on Tuesday on Sirius x m because I don't think anyone will get a bigger kick out of it than you Shelby roll the clip
0: uh that is in the a f c but right now with the borderboard <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> I mean Jimmy Trainer. <laughs> I'm putting this up on his uh, on his website, on his um, on his page. Anyway, right now the for win makes them the three seed because they should win. The, they got they got an easy schedule. They big <laughs>
4: <laughs> that is. I heard that live, and I was in tears.
1: That I was in is, tears. That is fantastic. Between that, and I haven't heard that until you just played it. Between that and the the one with the phones that I did hear that you posted the other day, where Eddie was getting all ticked off and Dog was like, what's going on? Oh, my God. He, he is the freaking best. It, <laughs> I, I,
4: I I didn't know whether to sort of be – I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I mean, I just played it on my podcast. But it is a little disturbing. The poor bastard's having a coughing fit and he's thinking about he's me thinking <laughs> Maybe yeah, I be should. Right. He knows
1: it's going to get played all over the place. Jimmy train yeah. is going to make fun of me for this, choking over myself.
4: I might need to pump the brakes on, on posting the clips <laughs> for a little while. Um, I thought you get a kick out of that. So I had to play a few.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
3: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: We have not read Apple reviews in a while. And sadly, and this hurts my feelings a lot, there have not been many Apple reviews. Now, here's what's really bizarre about this. The numbers for the pod in terms of downloads and listens have been tremendous lately because of... Great guests, Chris Russo, who we just heard, Dan Lebitard, John O'Ran, Jim Nance have all been on in the last four weeks. And the pod's doing as well as is done, but no one's leaving reviews. So I don't know if I have to beg, plead, pay people, but we need reviews because it helps the pod, but also I like to read them and it it's good, good uh material for the pod. So We haven't read reviews in a while. I'll read you the the ones that have... There's like three or four from this month. I'll read them. And then uh, if you're listening to this, leave a review on Apple. All right, here we go. This one comes from BG in LA. I have to identify with Jimmy's overall grumpiness on the pod. And see, I don't... I I reject that statement. I don't think (laughs) it's this grump. I just don't think that's a fair representation.
1: You're rejecting it as being grumpy. This is Grumpy Jimmy.
4: OK, I'm also a big fan of the train of thoughts column as well as the segment with Sal. The best moments are with James Andrew Miller. I'll always be bothered by the fact that he, meaning me, Jimmy, loves crappy Billy Joel so much, but doesn't like Springsteen. That makes no sense. Well, I wouldn't say that makes no sense. I I think while there are massive amounts of Springsteen fans out there, there are plenty of people who like Billy Joel more than Bruce Springsteen. So I, I reject yeah. that comment as well.
1: We're two of them. That might be the one thing that we are in lockstep. Well, I know we have a lot of things in common, but that in particular, loving Billy Joel and hating. Well, I shouldn't say hating, but I don't don't like his
4: music. Yeah, Yeah. I don't care for his music. Sorry. Not going to change. All right. Uh, this is a review from 300 Steve. Loved the interview with Dan Lebitard. I've never listened to him before, but I found him fascinating, and now I'm going to check him out. You did a great job asking the right questions and letting him roll. I haven't missed an episode of yours since I discovered you a few years back. Now, see, that's bizarre to me that someone listens to my podcast and they've never heard Dan Lebitard, given his massive popularity. So that made me feel good. Um, and we got here British Andy. One of my favorite podcasts, especially with Sal and Jimmy, wrapping things up at the end of each episode, like two paisans chatting over an espresso outside an Italian meat market. The guests are always enjoyable, too. Six stars. Now, is, are we being like, you know, stereotype say, for we, being Italian? Is that allowed?
1: I was going to say, are we that Italian? I mean, I, yeah. guess, <laughs> I
4: guess so. I will say, I've, Sal does not drink espresso or any coffee of any kind, which... which
1: Never never is,
4: is uh mind-boggling we, to me
1: we need to do you know what i envision when i hear that like you and i sitting out front of satrielli's
4: that's what i think he was implying it was very stereotypical anti-italian stuff there i'm not sure if hey look i'm would,
1: fine with it i mean i am oh, italian, i'm fine with it too i just yeah. don't want
4: this guy getting in trouble someone's going to be offended <laughs> i'm not offended me neither yeah i mean i love it a good italian meat market <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I'm not drinking an espresso. Regular mm. coffee. Regular coffee. All right. Last one here. Um, KG. Oh, C, Kedge Gymnast. C-A-J Gymnast. Love the show. I listen as I cut my lawn. Too much wrestling and a little New York-centric. Then again, you can't expect to order a steak at Red Lobster. Now, listen. That's calling the podcast Red Lobster, which... Well, no, actually, he's saying you can't order a steak at Red Lobster. I guess that's not that bad of an analogy. I'm trying to figure I know, out. How. I,
1: I initially took that. That was offensive. <laughs> so he's good. No. that that's, I don't, you want to make what? fun of us being Italian, whatever. I thought that was offensive.
4: Then again, you can't expect to order a steak at Red Lobster. Now, I haven't been to. I've been. I think I've been to Red Lobster once in my life, and I think I was a kid, and my parents took me. I was like six or seven. So I don't Dude. know.
1: Red Lobster, the, now I haven't been in years, but man, the biscuits that they have, oh my God, second to none. Matter of fact, I want to go back to Red Lobster. We used to go, there. that was like in our family, like Father's Day dinner when I was a kid. You know, my grandparents were around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Red Lobster was like the big event for us on Long Island. That was You were really going out to dinner with Red Lobster back in the day. And those
4: biscuits were so great. So then that's not an insult, what the guy said.
1: Well, we say, we're talking about a steakhouse. I mean, I've since learned. You know, were talking about six-year-old Sal where Red Lobster meant the world. Now you're talking about 43-year-old Sal where I know a good steak uh, and and I enjoy going to steakhouse. You and I aren't going to Red Lobster. No, for, but he's
4: saying you can't order a steak at Red Lobster. So he's saying, you know, we're Red Lobster. He doesn't want the New York-centric stuff and the wrestling. So, oh, speaking of wrestling, let's wrap up. Well, we got to do best bets, but I'll just say that we'll, we'll do this in one minute because then we got to wrap Today, we're taping this on Wednesday, November 9th, 25th anniversary of the Montreal Screwjob. I cannot believe it's been 25 years. That freaked me out. Did you watch that live? And were you into wrestling when that happened? You were not I into I was wrestling.
1: out. I obviously know all about it, but right. I did not watch it live and I was not into wrestling at the time. I was out around 92.
4: The reason I, I had to bring this up to Sal is, you know, everyone out there who's listening, when you have like your good friends who you're tight with, you're inner circle your core group you have these things between there's things between you whether it's certain things you like certain phrases memories and one of the things with sal and i is i turned to i i sent him one time i said this is probably the greatest video on youtube and it's like a 10 minute video of jim Cornette breaking down the montreal screw job and i wasn't kidding i think it's the greatest video that's on youtube if you've never seen it just go to youtube put in jim cornette montreal screw job and sal and i will reference that video to this day now and periodically i'll rewatch it like a few times a year and i'll send sal just a line or two from it and uh
1: it's fantastic. I'd rather it's, watch that than watch that first, and then maybe go back and watch the actual match. But he, he right. nails it. <laughs> That's the thing.
4: if you are listening to this and you have any affiliation in any way, shape, or form to wrestling, and you have not seen that video, you have to like you. It's not even a like you have to watch it. <laughs> That's how good it he, is. Am I overselling it? Am I no, overselling? No, no.
1: Jim Jim Cornette may be one of the funniest guys out there. And he's not even trying to be funny. He's just being factual and just tearing everybody involved apart. It is and the, so but the way good. he
4: breaks down the Montreal oh. Screwjob. in addition to being funny and having all these crazy lines.
1: Oh, oh my God. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, I want to watch it now again.
4: There you see, there you go. Sure. All right, let's wrap this up with best bets. I got back on the winning uh, cycle last week and I did it in beautiful fashion. Had Washington plus three and a half. They lost by three. The hook and the cover for me. So I am now seven and two on the season after the two losses. Who did you have last week?
1: I had the Colts, which was a horrible pick, and Another. I was off of them by Sunday. And then you know because we do this on Tuesday or Wednesday, or whatever. I was stuck with that. Uh, I hate their guts, the Colts. I hope they lose every game by a hundred the rest of the way. But I well, had they them. Will. I had them. Yeah, exactly. I had them. And I think I'm now one game under 500. What we at? Four yeah, and five? You're four
4: and five. You're four right. and five.
1: I want the Bears this week. I believe they're at home against the Lions, right? Minus three. Minus three, three. yeah. Yeah, I want, I believe in Justin Fields. I didn't love anything else at a quick glance. And again, I these things are weird for me on a Wednesday doing it. I get Oh, a stop with Sunday. the excuses.
4: No, it's true.
1: It's how I do it. But right now. Uh, like last week, the, the easy pick was the friggin' bangles bounce back. Typical Thursday night football, everybody ripping them to part, to shreds. The Panthers stink. Anyway, I want Justin Fields and the bears minus three. I believe in fields. I think they get a big win and they cover that spread against the lions.
4: So I had two games. I really loved this week and one of them was the bears, but I was not going to go with them. So we don't match, but I do love the Bears this week. I think that's a great pick.
1: Checker on checker. Why don't you? No, no, I'm
4: not. No, no, I'm not going with them. I'm going to do this because this is something I would never ever do in my life, and I want to break out of my shell and try different things in life. I'm going to utter a sentence here that should have me committed. I'm going Geno Smith over Tom Brady. Wow, this that line is wrong. The Bucks are minus two. The Seahawks should be favored. The Bucs offense is completely up. They have no running game whatsoever. He's got no help at the receiver position. And the Seahawks, I've watched the Seahawks the last couple of weeks because, you know, I, they're not, they weren't a team I was on early in the season. And then I'm like, I got to see what's going on here. The Seahawks are good. Yeah, The Seahawks are very good. And with Kenneth Walker there as a weapon in the backfield, good receivers with Metcalf and Lockett, and obviously Geno Smith playing well, but their defense is playing well. When I, I always, Sunday night, I always do the lines for the, for the next week. And I had Seattle minus three. They've got Tampa minus two. So I will gladly take two points. I'm going to win outright. Um, That's a line for, you know, Tom Brady respect. And I get it. And I understand that he's the GOAT. Great job last week with a comeback, but they couldn't score against the Rams. I love the Seahawks this week. I can't, and I, I, I never bet against Brady, but I'm going with Seattle.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would not pick that game myself. But you're right, Seattle. Whether you, I still don't believe in them. But they've proven themselves through the first nine weeks here to at least be a legitimate team all around. Now, and and who that, knows with the bugs?
4: And that's a game you won't get to see any of because any of because that's a nine thirty Sunday morning special from Munich, Germany.
1: I actually might now. Where where are we where's this game being aired? Because last time I couldn't see it. It was on ESPN Plus. Where's this?
4: It's from? on the NFL Network.
1: Oh, I could, so I could watch that.
4: There you go maybe not start to
1: finish but all right
4: all right good job we'll see you next week be well all
1: right talk to you later all
4: right take it easy all right my thanks to Kevin Clark and Sal Licata if you missed any recent episodes of the SI Media Podcast go into the archives check them out and subscribe to the podcast Jim Nance was on the pod last week John O'Ran from Sports Business Journal two weeks ago Chris Maddog Russo three weeks ago Dan Levitard four weeks ago if you didn't hear any of those interviews check them out subscribe to the pod and leave a review on Apple we'll read it as we did this week on an upcoming Train of Thoughts segment. All right, that wraps it up. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it as always. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Stay safe and take care.